0: You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of What's Up in Drama Land with Saya, Anissa, and Parama. Hi, I'm Parama. In this episode, we talk briefly about K-drama related news stories and then move on to a discussion of primetime K-dramas premiering in the month of November. As usual, we talk big about watching more shows than we can realistically manage. This episode was produced with the support of our lovely Patreon members. You can find our page at patreon.com slash dramas over flowers. And as always, thank you to every one of our listeners. And now, let's dive into what's been happening in drama land and what we are excited to watch next. Hi, we are interrupting your regularly scheduled What's Up in Land to bring you an announcement about the podcast. So something pretty surprising happened to us last month and we've been keeping it to ourselves while we discuss and investigate the matter. And now we have come to a decision. Stuff have been signed and we have to tell you all about it now. You might have seen this announcement on our social media. We have joined a podcast network and it's called Frolic. And we are very excited.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: very exciting.
1: But it's a podcast network. Oh,
0: good question, (laughs) Saya. So a podcast network, in case you guys don't know, is kind of like a place where a lot of podcasts have a safe environment to collaborate and interact and learn from each other. But it's not something that intervenes or interrupts your Creative process, you're supposed to be able to grow independently. You just have lots of support and ability to network with the other podcasts who are also under the same umbrella.
2: Now, in terms of why Frolic, um, firstly, they asked us. Yay! Um, and, <laughs> and we were very <laughs> flattered. Yes, we are very excited to be approached. And the other thing is that when we talked to them, they were just uh, very, very supportive, very interested. Um, it's you know, our company run by women, um, they are very female-focused, they are very inclusive, and we just really liked their vibe. Um, I think the sort of podcasts that they have under their umbrella are probably ones that um, have a lot of overlap with our audience as well, so we thought it would be a good fit. Um, we're the only K-drama podcast on there, um, which is exciting, I guess, uh, but I think there's definitely a lot of fellow feeling, so that's that's why we chose Frolic.
1: So you might be wondering, what does that mean for you as listeners? And what does that mean for us as a podcast? And what in general will change? The short answer is not a lot. We are still fully Patreon supported, and we remain creatively independent. So we don't answer to anybody for what we can say or don't say. Our opinions are still our own. Um, And if you have any questions or concerns about you know, what this means for you, especially if you are a patron, feel free to email us uh, anytime and we'd be happy to reassure you that we are still us, still talking too much and saying what we want to say. Enthusiastically so. (laughs) And too loudly. (laughs) And be sure to go and check out the other podcasts in the Frolic family at frolic.media slash podcast slash podcast (laughs) (laughs) we'll get into practice right teamwork
2: (laughs) we can do it yes we can all right guys enjoy the episode
1: hi everyone this is saya
2: this is anisa
0: and this is Parma. welcome to another what's up in drama land
2: i'm just gonna jump right into news This is a story that we've been kind of keeping our eyes on for the last few months, but um, there was a bunch of coverage on it in the last few weeks. So I thought it would be a nice time for us to talk about it now, which is this sort of rise of OTT platform, like mobile media, such as Wave and like Kakao TV and like things that are made to be watched on your phone. Um, and that and that content or whatever I, I hate the word content, but the content that's designed and filmed and created specifically to be in that vertical aspect ratio on your phone. Um, so a couple of the recent developments in that is the Kakao TV, which I think we mentioned either last month or the month before that they were launching a lot of programs in the next few months. Yeah. So they have sort of launched their their new streaming platform. And they have been announcing some of their shows. So they have like some comedy stuff, some reality stuff. And it uses this short form. Like, Kakao uses a short form format. So it's like no more than 10 minutes. And it's got like the comedian, Yi Gyeonggyu, who's like very famous. He's done, he's a variety veteran. So he's kind of got his own show on there. So they have a bunch of stuff. Like, they have a, a talk show where they interview celebrities. So that's kind of happening on that side. And then there's Wave, which is uh, an OTT platform. Wave is a totally different one. So Wave is actually, after Oksusu, which was under SK Telecom, and Pook, which was owned by KBC, NBC, and SBS jointly, those two came together and then created Wave. So um, they see their competition as Netflix, basically, these new providers. And so they are trying to get Content. As much content as they can, because that's what Netflix's strength is, right? Is content. They have a ton of stuff. It's not necessarily always the best quality, but they have a lot. And they are currently ranked second
1: after Netflix.
2: Um, And Netflix has more than 7.5 million subscribers as of August of 2020. So they're pretty big in Korea.
1: And Wave has got at least half of that at this point, hasn't it? It's like 3.2 million, I think they said? Three point
2: eight eight. Right.
1: So it's not considering the medium and the platform and the time that they've been active, which hasn't been very long. They're they're doing pretty well.
2: Yeah. And that's sorry, that's not subscribers. That's like monthly active users.
1: But we also have to
0: be cognizant of the fact that just like uh, the American Quibi, all of these new OTT platforms, yeah, I know. But let me let me uh, we'll come even back the... to that. Exactly the point. We will talk about that. Yeah, we will talk about that. Um, they do these free three-month promotional subscriptions where you pay absolutely nothing and you can just watch this stuff. And much like how initially with Disney or with uh, Netflix, Netflix and even Amazon Prime had these huge promotional subscriptions where you barely paid anything and you could be a member. Actually, not so much with Netflix. Netflix was pretty stingy. These platforms tend to lose uh, a lot of their um, new subscribers once the payment period starts. And they haven't actually reached that period yet. I mean, yes, they launched last year and they acknowledged that they lose about, I think, I think they said about 30% once the three-month promotional period goes off. But um, it's actually not because with promotions and, you know, awareness slowly spreading, majority of the people who are on the platform right now, they are there as free users. So this hasn't actually turned profitable. Okay, this is starting to sound really negative overall. I don't mean it that way. What I'm saying is it's too early right now to say if it's actually catching on. And the reason I brought on Quibi was because it recently folded. Finally, the management seems to have realized that things are not going as they had said they it would and that people don't actually know anything about this platform and nobody's using it.
2: I mean, Quibi was a disaster from the beginning. Like it was started by people who know nothing about the audience that they were trying to reach or planning to reach. It was just a disaster from beginning to end.
0: Yeah no but what i particularly like about quibi's story is how they were determined to be a short form platform and they kept bringing in stars to create these contents and ignoring creators on like youtube and well mostly youtube who are experts at creating short form mm-hmm. content so people generally want short form contents that are very there is a specific format that works in short form and larger Hollywood faces that that's not exactly what you tend to want in your short form formats when you're watching. So it—it it, there was like this complete lack of awareness about the mm-hmm. demography or the format and just it was total disaster, which is why when I heard that Goya uh, was releasing these platforms that were going to focus on short form content. I wasn't entirely sure what they were trying to do. I still am not entirely sure. However, South Korea has experience in doing really good short form content, like in web series formats. I've seen them do five minute, six minute dramas, pretty much like there's an entire story. So it's short form content done really well as web series and they are done by major broadcast companies. So they have more experience on this side. So I am looking forward to this stuff, but I haven't seen much of this content yet.
2: Now, I'm glad that you brought up YouTube because there's also the aspect here, right, of, like, why would you... And I think this is one of the big reasons that Quibi failed, too, is that why would you pay for something? Like, why would you pay a subscription service for something that you can easily just get on YouTube? Um, and there's more diverse content on YouTube and you could probably find something very specific to what you want to watch. Whereas these are, like very like, a few different, like, particular shows and they're not even really you know, the taste of the, 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 you know, the young people, quote unquote, that are generally the consumers of such short stuff. So I think that that's kind of a similar thing to my concerns with the, like, Kakao M and stuff, or not, not yeah. they've rebranded themselves as Kakao TV now. But like, you still like YouTube is kind of having a big, like, I wouldn't even say a, re- a renaissance, but like, it's really taken off in the last mm-hmm. couple years in Korea, in the way that it did like 10 or 15 years ago here. And, So I don't know in this time when YouTube is so big that they'll be able to get the audience that they want. Although they do have access to like the entire Korean population because they also own Kakao Talk and like everybody has Kakao Talk. So they're literally like in your pocket. Don't
1: you kind of think that that's the stroke of genius in it to to make their TV content accessible through an app that everyone uses? That's like saying WhatsApp TV or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, for us yeah
0: absolutely if that is what they are planning on doing but the strange thing about kakao talk as far as i can see they aren't putting all of the tv content on kakao they aren't making it simultaneously and easily available like they are putting some, some, certain selective shows but not all of them and which is odd to me because they have access to so many dramas
1: but it's very nascent it's not... I mean, they're like, what well, it's been a few months. It hasn't been long. Drama. And their plans are very ambitious. Like, we covered yeah. this, I think, two WhatsApp uh, in Lands ago, which is that what they've done already is they've released three web dramas and ten television shows, but their coming mm-hmm. plans are to produce six dramas, 19 entertainment shows by the end of the year, and more than 240 original series in three years. That's ambitious. That's not going that small. And that's also given the reading that we've done in preparation for this segment, it seems like their aim is to find the creative format that best suits this medium. As in, they're yeah. willing to try different things and new things, and even like in one of the articles, they said that they had begun a show one way, and then relying on viewer feedback, they'd actually changed the way they'd done it. I think they had originally presented it as like a horizontal aspect ratio, and then they had feedback and by the next episode, they change that to like the vertical aspect ratio. So I th- think there's a lot of creative agility in how both Kakao and Wave are approaching this is that they are willing to just throw all of the old manuals out the window, and just try different things until until they find like they distill this format that is perfect for the medium
2: yeah and they're they're experimenting with like new types of shows that would only really work on your phone for example that that reality show with Ihori, which talks which is like almost taking an instagram approach to you know like you're documenting your daily life but it's a reality show and you're the person is doing it on their own phone and i'm sure this is like a great thing for them to do during socially distanced times as well because then the person can just literally just use their phone and film themselves And we, as a generation, have now gotten used to watching things that have been filmed on our phones and do not have the same kind of production. Like, I was talking, I think, to my sister, and she's Gen Z. um, And she was saying that, like, she doesn't really care that much if it's, like, really shiny and with high production value. And because they've grown up watching stuff on their phones, right? And, like, this is – now we have, like, TikTok where people are filming the – TikTok is one minute, right? I'm I don't different. know. None of us are on TikTok, <laughs> but I think it's like a one-minute video, right? And so, like, people are creating these things like very quickly, and it's going out very quickly. And...
0: Fifteen seconds, I think.
1: Isn't it like fifteen 30 seconds? seconds? I have no idea. Oh my god! Yeah. I would have anyway, to it's short. The younger siblings,
2: yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> but so, like, the way that people consume this kind of media is changing, and so I think it's really smart for them to actually think about what is happening on screen and how that can change, so that people can actually relate to it.
0: But, Adisa, as you pointed out, all of this is available for free for, you know, your sister generation or our generation. It's available on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram Reels now, which I'm really loving. And why should a person pay subscription to access this content, which is where, you know, the originality part comes in? Like, what can they do that would not be easily reproducible, you know, in terms of format? on a free platform. So what I do like about these platforms, of course, with all of these new ideas that are churning around that are coming up, they aren't in a hurry. They seem to have like three, four years of projection of ideas. Like they are like, this is what we are gonna do in next year and the year after that. And I like that they aren't like massively running some, you know, rat race that they have to win against Netflix immediately, because that would be ridiculous. Netflix been around far too long. They had too much of a head start.
2: And it's interesting because you said, like, as we have been discussing, why would you choose this and subscribe to it? But like you said earlier, that people aren't looking for big celebrities in their short form content. But I honestly think like that's one of the only things that they can actually provide that you can't get on YouTube. Right. And even that, you know, like now on YouTube, a lot of the big entertainment channels have content on youtube too so they have like interviews and they release the some of the same stuff or like bonus stuff that they put out on public television no,
0: celebrities with youtube channels
2: there are celebrities with youtube channels yeah um and so i guess they're kind of leaning on getting people onto these platforms that don't otherwise are not that accessible um so like for example Ihyori, e. like the main sort of premise of that a reality program was, like, why did I leave Instagram? So she left Instagram. (laughs) Maybe people were like, we want to see her again. And so they were like, oh, people want to see her. Let's bring her on here since they can't see her on social media. So, like, I'm wondering if that's the only real benefit to this or, like, the only draw that they can get for people to actually pay.
0: But that keeps the platform vulnerable, doesn't it? Like, if you're following a personality,
1: then if that personality... because they have the whole of celebdom to draw on pretty much they are they're big enough to be able i mean they've got like pug Boyung they had what was a segment with her they had uh, pug and bin and i think if you're using celebrities to do that heavy lifting that you need to get the format to take off but you have a revolving door of them that itself is a mechanism like to keep the draw
2: if you also offer those celebrities something that they wouldn't actually be able to get in terms of either creative control or um, like a format that, for example, like an interview format that they wouldn't be able to get on like NBC or KBS or some difference in the way that they're actually presenting themselves that they prefer. And then on top of that, I think another really major thing for these kinds of streaming platforms is just people's habits. You just want people to form a habit that they will be more uncomfortable moving away from than than keeping, right? So in a lot of ways it's just like how can you do enough to keep people watching you for long enough that you become a part of their life that they're not willing to give give up and then you know, that's like kind of a magic formula, who knows, right?
1: Also what we haven't looked at and what we don't have any information about ourselves right now is what the subscription cost is. Because if it's a sort of a low, affordable monthly amount, then it's like, you know, if it's for example, if it were in pounds or dollars, if you're like that's a few dollars a month or a few pounds a month, maybe it's no big deal. Whereas, for example, a Netflix subscription is what, something that you would think twice about because it costs quite a bit more. And also the timing of the entry of these platforms is that it preempts the entry of bigger OTT services like, you know, stuff like Disney Plus is preparing to enter the Korean market, mm-hmm. HBO Plus, And, you know, they're juggernauts. And if you can draw subscribers with what I would guess would not be an unaffordable amount. That didn't require a lot of mental commitment to sort of set up a subscription, just be like, you know, keep going. And then you forget about it, right? Once you get a subscription rolling, you don't think about that money going out again.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially if you already have some type of payment service connected with your Kakao account, which most people do because they like buy stuff on there. You won't have to like put in your credit card number in order to sign up. You just be like, oh, let me... You know, do this free trial and then you forget about the fact that you're going to be paying after three months, you know.
1: And don't forget that the relationship that people have with technology in Korea is a lot more sort of natural and intuitive than the type that we would have. We, I would say that like in the UK, definitely, we're very clunky when it comes to technology. We don't adapt to stuff quickly. We cling to the old whatever it is that we're using. Whereas in like, Korea, culturally they embrace all of that technological change very quickly and one more thing I think is really important to add to to that whole conversation is that I don't think that this format is trying to encroach on for example like big OTT services I feel like this space of like mobile-led TV is a new space you're not trying to grab people from a different service this is a service that, that hasn't necessarily existed. I mean, sure, okay, you, you can use Netflix on your phone. Yeah. But also Netflix is that traditional, you know, horizontal aspect ratio TV. It's it's not different in the way that this is different. It's a whole different format with a, a different style of storytelling, which um, I actually, I was reading and I thought, this is like the flash fiction of TV. So it's not going mm. for long-form storytelling. It's not going for, for you know, high-budget, Um, high production quality work necessarily. It's just doing something very different and in its own field.
2: And as Borama pointed out, they do have a kind of head start in terms of doing the short form fictional stuff. I think most of the short form media just throughout the last 10-15 years has been either non-fiction or reality or vlogs or you know so and even like Instagram Live and all of that like I think now on TikTok, there are some like fictional things, but they're, I mean, it's so short, right? You don't have time to tell like a full story, but the web dramas are good. They're like very well done. They tell a good, tight, short story. Like you can watch it in an hour and you've watched the whole season. Like, so I think they do have a head start on that, like Rama was saying. So I think that's something that they can lean into.
1: There are a couple of paragraphs in the article that I kind of, I want to read it out if that's Okay. So the article from the Korea Jung Daily that um, we've been referring to has a couple of paragraphs which I found really interesting from a storytelling point of view uh, and you know this is what we talk about the most so I'm just going to read that. It's a. A quote from the, uh, one of the people that are interviewed, who is an executive of some kind, anyway, I don't remember who the quote is from, but it's a quote. <laughs> we tried to figure out how to make content that can suit the audience, which wants fast-paced storytelling, O said. It's easy to think of producing an 80-minute episode and splitting it into four segments, but it's harder to fit in an intro, development, plot turns, and a conclusion in 15 minutes because that requires faster storytelling. The two-hour running time of a movie takes into account the number of times theatres can run films. The 16 episodes of a 60-minute drama series depends on external factors such as selling advertisements. Kakao TV is free from all of those kinds of external factors which allows us to produce however we want, whether it's a series with 10 or 30 episodes, whether they're 10 or 30 minutes long. Yeah. Although we are currently running in-house production, we are considering establishing a separate subsidiary or acquiring an external production company in the future, Shen said. Pixar and Netflix are our role models, which show an ideal combination of technology, business, and creativity.
2: Yeah. And that's um, from the article called Kakao TV launches this month, takes on Netflix.
1: We'll link all the articles where we got
2: our info from in the show notes, as usual. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that's emerging. It'll be interesting to watch it as it kind of forms and coalesces and grows and or crashes and burns. I guess we'll just have to <laughs> watch to find out. I wonder how accessible
1: yeah. it will be to sort of an Anglophone audience as well. Hopefully it will be
0: pretty accessible, especially the short form content. They have literally no excuse not to put in good subtitles. It's short form, <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah. All right, so... Best of luck to them, and we'll keep an eye on, you know, as things develop. Yeah.
2: The other major story that I wanted to just quickly go over, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I think it kind of relates to this same question of how we're how we're receiving media and how we're watching it um, in changing ways. Yeah. And that's about how the pandemic has been affecting Korean film. The theater chain CGV, like many other theater chains in other places, is um, closing 30% of its theaters due to the pandemic slump. And um, I think there were down, I think their profits have been down like 70%, or either their profits or attendance in theaters. And they haven't actually had any virus spread in these theaters, but obviously people are reluctant to go to the theater um, because of the kind of environment where, I mean, we all know why it's not safe, right? So because of this, not a lot of films have been released since the pandemic started. And so they have kind of shifted a lot of this this year's releases to online VOD and um, like Netflix. So Call and Night in Paradise are both going to be preparing on Netflix without a theatrical run. And I think there was only one other movie that did that this year, going straight to Netflix without a theatrical run. Um, And I apologize for what I said earlier. There have been movies released, but they just haven't been making very much money and they haven't had a lot of attendance. Do you
1: think it's worth it in finance terms? Does it pay off for them to delay the release of the video for a theatrical release?
2: Well, the Call and Night in Paradise just won't have a theatrical release they will so they're just giving up on that that audience. And then Space Sweepers, which is the Songjunky like space exploration thriller, yeah, I think. I was looking forward um, to um and Saul Book, which is I think a Gong Yu movie. And Pukbogam. Mm-hmm. And Puckbugam. Yeah, those are both been postponed indefinitely. So I think there's a difference also. I can see the difference in, like, what types of movies are getting released straight to video and what which ones people are like, oh, this needs to be seen on the big screen, which, like, I think we've seen a similar pattern yeah. here in the U.S. We're like, oh, my God, what's the car franchise? What is it Fast called? Fast and Furious. Oh,
0: uh, Fast and Furious.
2: That one, yeah. <laughs> they postponed their movie. <laughs> um, you know, like, the Marvel movies have been postponed. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, the, so
0: the one movie that released... Um, in the last few months, the American movie, uh, Tenet. And the interesting thing about that one is that the projections are that it didn't do very well. Um, Mm -hmm. However, the company kind of refused to release numbers. And usually it's almost mandatory within the industry that you have to tell us uh, what your weekend numbers are because that's how other studios decide, you know, what their release is going to be. And especially in in these times, those numbers really matter because studios make major decisions based on how the current release is performing and all of that. But they just didn't release the numbers. And since these are unprecedented times, nobody knew, knew what to do. They were all like, well, that's not nice of you. But there is nothing we can do to force you because uh, there are no laws. Does that mean it's better than they think or worse than they think? That
2: that's, Probably so, worse, I'm guessing. It's probably
0: worse, but here's the hard numbers are, I mean stocks plummet when hard numbers come out come to light right whereas speculations are just speculations so yeah
2: i mean stocks are plummeting anyway regal cinemas is basically shut down in the us that was our second largest uh yeah so it's it's bad either way i think that was a not a very smart decision uh, you know to release tenet when they did but it's kind of a catch-22 kind of for a lot of these that, people hey, it'll
0: be the only movie in the theater that that's big uh- People, yeah, aren't going people to want to risk their lives for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? I, I remember uh, watching uh, a review by this one review YouTube reviewer who was like, I wasn't going to go, but then I heard that the theaters are going empty. So I was like, I'll go. If I'm the only one in the theater, it doesn't
2: matter. True,
1: true, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's
2: true, but you won't find out until you've actually already paid for your ticket. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now is the time of TV. It's not like blockbuster time, it's uh, TV drama time. Yeah. However, I can understand how, you know, a space
0: opera like Space Sweepers would not want to um, release on um, TV. uh, Absolutely. But also that some actors would just not want their movies to release, you know, direct to TV, even during pandemic. Because they would be like, well.
2: That's true, but actors have no control over this.
0: (laughs) Well, I would like to think they don't, but sometimes, you know. Um, Influence matters. But in this particular case, I don't think that's the case. It's very much a matter of wanting to release a sci fi on the big screen. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the fact that this is not exactly something that is time bound. Even if it releases next year, it's going to be, you know, just as relevant or irrelevant. Far into the future. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think for most movies, the time sensitivity is just because they need to recoup that money within this financial year, not because the movie won't work, you know, next year or however long. No,
0: But there's also the fact that you compete with uh, another set of movies that are coming on. Like the schedule is practically decided like five years beforehand. Right. So if you have a delay in your release, everything is messed up. It's much like publishing, why it's such a slow behemoth. It's because everything is decided, like, yours uh, beforehand. So Okay, that was a digression. Sorry. (laughs) A very interesting one there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We don't talk about film a ton, but I think it's also very interesting, although it's very depressing these days. Uh, Since we're talking about film... I just want to give a shout out to the trailer for Binari because I watched that thing. I <gasps> uh, sobbed my heart out. I'm so ready to oh, watch that and be devastated so completely.
1: I, yeah, I'm ready for that. But I I'm also not, not ready. I remember when he was like, pretty
0: boy and he's like, no, I'm a handsome boy. I was like, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah." So you
2: just like, yeah, poor grandma. Too
1: real. Oh, Too real. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: we'll link that trailer as well so you can watch it and cry with us.
1: Anissa, you really want to take the first reaction for the imino news? Wait, I spoiled Oh, God. That. <laughs> 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 so we heard this a few days ago from a friend as a rumor that um, Apple TV, which is make, uh, making uh, dramatization of the... Was it an award? It did win awards, right?
2: Yes. I think it was... It did, at least, was nominated for some okay. awards. But I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's like a huge, famous bestseller. Um, it was very big. It was translated into a lot of languages. Um, we need a yeah, roll to sick. say what
1: book it actually was now at this point. So <laughs> that was uh, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. Yeah. And so that's, uh, yeah, so we, we had a rumor. What was the rumor? Oh, uh, you're going you to, you took all the other stuff.
2: You want me to say the horrible <laughs> part? Okay.
1: The part so- that hurts you most.
2: yeah thanks saya so they (laughs) so um i think as of now it's been confirmed that imeno is going to star in the apple tv series that they're making based on this book um and that's i think written and directed by sue hugh who's a korean american director i just i i am just baffled by this choice i just don't yeah and if you haven't read the book just to i mean i feel like everyone's read this book at this point but If you haven't read this book, it's about it's like a multi-generational story of a family that lives in Korea during the um, colonial period and during World War II. And it kind of follows like multiple generations of this family and they go through a lot. And then they and then part of that is also like them moving to Japan and becoming part of the Zainichis who are like ethnically Korean Japanese people who are never allowed to have Japanese citizenship no matter how long they live there. So it it tracks that struggle and I mean the book was written in English, it was written by Korean American and she interviewed a lot of people who had that experience. Like a lot of Zainichi people. She lived in Japan for a while when her husband was working there. So it's very well researched, it's very long. It's like one of those like epic sort of stories that covers many years.
0: Yeah, several generations. But
2: I don't know, like, are they gonna do this in English? Because even though the book is written in English, they're supposed to be speaking Korean and Japanese, and, like, I feel like that's an important, a really important part of, especially in this particular story, because it's all about like, your identity, and not being able to speak your own language, and, like, being ripped away from your own identity, but then, like, not being accepted into this other new country, and it's just, I don't know.
0: I think it's supposed to be multilingual, and they will probably i don't know how they're gonna do it but i hope
2: yeah and i'm pretty sure the director and writer is bilingual but
0: yeah no it will be interesting to see how they treat the language shifts because that is such a crucial part of storytelling in a story like this but okay coming back to the casting choice (laughs) because that is what really got us confusing boiling a bit um but actually not. If you guys have watched his movies, that's a totally different actor than the iminho ho we have watched and not quite loved in <laughs> dramas.
1: Mm. So. Yeah, I would agree with that in that it depends on what kind of character he's playing. Because I think he's yeah. he can potentially be a very good dramatic actor with the right director. But... Um, he does need the right director. He also needs the right kind of
0: yeah. He also needs to not be the romantic hero, because then he just defaults into defaults into one monotone. <laughs> I mean, I don't
1: think
2: this is a spoiler, but there's not a lot of like happy romantic pairings in this book. In this book, like it's yeah. not that kind of story, so I don't think we have to really worry about that. But. I think it's not that I don't think that he can do it, even though I don't really think that he can do it. Sorry, even (laughs) no offense. I know I'm like the most negative on him out of the three of us. But I just feel like you have so many other options. Like why choose him?
1: Maybe they want to make it a draw.
2: Yeah, he has that that hallyu.
1: That that's draw. exactly
0: it, the star power. I was I was speaking to these women who have never watched a single K-drama in their lives. It was just like a workshop that, that we were doing online and just randomly we were talking about things we were watching and I uh I think I mentioned uh, it's okay to not be okay. And they were like, what's that? I'm like, that's a K-drama that I'm watching at the time. And they're like, oh, is Emin Ho in it? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, you know Eamon Ho? How? Wow. <laughs>
2: Even, you know, um, like our friend Refresh, who was on who was our guest uh, on the Parasite spoiled yak that we did, yeah. he's been doing this K drama bracket over the last few weeks, just You know, if you know what a bracket is, it's kind of like the NCAA basketball brackets where you like put two things against each other and then like they slowly compete until you get to the end and then there's like a final showdown. Yeah, it's very American. I still don't understand it after 20 years. Don't really understand (laughs) how brackets work. But a a lot of people do them. They do them for like all kinds of stuff. So no. he was doing one, um, and I think oh. it was, like, Boys Over Flowers up against another drama, which was, like, vastly superior.
1: It was up against Signal, I think.
2: Was it up against I Signal? I think so. I don't I- think so. But anyway, it was up against something really good. Like, unequivocally really good. And he was like, yeah, like, all these Eveno fans just showed up and started voting for it out of nowhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, like, I think it surpassed the other one. So we, we can fact check that. I'm not... I'm not sure how accurate everything I'm saying is, but it's all on Twitter.
0: Wasn't one of his brackets like, what's the best fruit? I remember voting for strawberries. He was doing
2: fruit brackets too. Should we take this out? <laughs> why? We can take I think pandemic brackets. boredom. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: All right. No, I mean, why should we take it out? But
2: okay. True. I, no, we don't want to take Wait it, to it out. It what, he, it what if he listens to this? <laughs> <laughs> sorry refresh we love you <laughs> we en- we enjoy we're enjoying your bracket yes <laughs> impressive brain power I don't even know how these things work but yeah I mean if the bracket is still ongoing when this comes out you should go vote because it's a lot of fun
1: vote against boys and flowers please yeah I don't think boys and flowers needs to win anything ever again
2: no it's won enough things in it's unfortunately <laughs> long lifespan <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like the drama that never dies, right? <laughs> yeah, the
2: Limino fans are going to like come after us. <laughs> let's let's move on to the next story. Um, the last news story is just something that I wanted to bring up kind of because it's related to a lot of things that we talk about a lot, which is this article and I've seen this covered in a few places, but the article that I was reading was talking about how after BTS was given this award at a um award ceremony that um, was put on by this um, American like new york-based nonprofit called the Korea Society, which basically does they do a lot of like American Korean sort of cooperation and, you know, goodwill stuff and you know, build community building, um, sort of yeah. bridge building, that kind of thing. And it's like a mostly Korean American organization. And so they gave, uh, BTS an award and they came on. I mean, it was all virtual. I remember my friend actually sending me the link to buy tickets. It was all online. So one and they had BTS perform and they also had them like speak. And I think the leader RM just mentioned like the the pain of history, referring to the Korean War, and it really enraged a lot of Chinese social media users. And so they were saying like, don't talk about politics. You know, you shouldn't talk about politics. You're ignoring all the Chinese people who died. And obviously, like, they were supporting North Korea in the Korean War. And so it became a huge thing. And then people started saying, oh, like, celebrities shouldn't talk about politics. All so, right. you know, this type of narrative.
0: Oh, the whole shut up and dribble thing.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But he was, but there was this one professor who was saying that, um, his name is Lee he, Kyu He teaches at George Mason University in Korea. But he was saying, like, because K-pop is expanding globally in such a huge way, these kinds of things are going to continue to happen where, like, on one hand, the artists are, you know, just wanting to make music and to take that music as far as they possibly can and, like, reach as many audience members as they can. And in general, the fans don't really care that much about their geopolitics or they just want to like see the musicians that they love. But then on the other hand, anytime you take something international, you inevitably become a representative of your nation, whether you want to or not. And then so your personal opinions become sort of inextricable from like international geopolitics in a really complicated way. And then like all this other stuff just kind of follows you, especially when you're in the public eye as much as BTS is like, they're so huge.
1: And a lot of that is in many ways unsolvable as well. Like, like, yeah, If you were on two different sides of a war, you are not going to agree. It's not really possible for you to agree.
2: Yeah, and these are very emotional issues because there's a lot of pain of history, mm. you know, as RM said.
1: But then what, so. what's the answer? They can't, I don't know. To ask them to stay silent on it is
2: is also unreasonable. <laughs> this professor said... And I'm quoting him here, unless it's a matter of racism, gender, or ethical problems, I don't think there's any need to be agitated by the controversy itself. I believe it's best to allow the bandmates to freely express their opinions and focus on their careers, rather than reacting to something they cannot control.
1: The problem is rarely the thing that the artist says. The problem is the way people react to it. And yeah i I guess that is exa- a very reasonable way to take it forward because what can you do about fans?
2: yeah, as, as ever, it's it's complicated and it's not something that's going to be solved quickly or easily. But I thought that was interesting because it kind of links back to you know some of the things that we were talking in our about in our representation in dramaland specials. and now we can move on to upcoming in November, which is a lot less than last month. <laughs> that's <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> sorry Ooh.
2: yes Parma.
1: true beauty we haven't got there on. yet silence <laughs> okay, <sorry. laughs> wait your turn young lady so coming on the 2nd of November on TVN we have birth care center you know what's really interesting about a bunch of the dramas that are coming out this month is that they're really short like 8 or 12 episodes and rather than being oh no wait sorry This is a Monday, Tuesday drama. But yeah, short dramas. Is that anything to do with COVID or is that just a thing?
2: I wonder. Um, I also noticed that a bunch of them were eight episodes. But yeah, maybe it's like a way for them to film a complete series without doing it for a long time. Especially if they all have to be in a bubble. Like if the actors all have to be in a bubble or they all have to like socially distance from everybody else during that time. It's probably good to compress the shooting time a little bit.
1: <laughs> so this stars uh, Omjiwon, Jiwon, Pak sun Jang Hae-jin, uh, Yoon Park, Cherry, and Che Soo-min who are the main cast. So it's quite a, a sprawling main cast. It's a pretty interesting premise actually. You have Omjiwon Jiwon playing Oh Hyunjin, and she's this career woman who is the youngest member of the board of executives at the company she works at. And she's amazing at everything. And then she has her first child. <laughs> and giving birth was much harder than she expected. And she finds that actually she's completely hopeless at this. And so she goes to a birth care center after she's, after she's had her baby and she's left hospital, she's like, okay, need help. And this birth care center is like an exclusive establishment for A-listers who are all there to get this top of the line postpartum care. And she finds that there she's the oldest and everyone else seems to know what they're doing and she has no idea but the other women that she meets there are like inspirational for her and you have pakasun coming back to tv i'm so excited about that yeah yay
2: i've missed her
1: and she had a baby recently didn't she
2: i think so yes i remember reading that she had a baby
1: (laughs) so she's playing um the queen bee um, at this uh, birth care center and she seems to be this perfect mother and everyone wants to be her friend to learn her secrets and then you have Jiang uh, Hejin who plays a character who is the center manager and she's meant to be very charismatic and knows everything about looking after children and that's as much as we know about the plot right now but it actually doesn't sound terrible at first i thought it might be a bit like sort of call the midwife but it, it's not it's more like sky castle in a birth care center or something <laughs> yeah that's how it sounds. sounds about right
2: yeah i'm not familiar with any of this writer's previous work mm. so I'm not sure Neither. what to expect
0: i kind of like this angle where she is like the oldest mother you know with a newborn baby in this birth care center and uh, because age plays such a huge role um in the i don't know politics (laughs) of the married yes that's Um, true so especially i suppose like in in a space full of a-listers and like whites of business moguls and stuff um it it, that that comes into play so
2: i just want to say the politics of the married would be a great drama title (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) kind of like the world of the married but like more intense
0: yeah I think most junk can be uh, like they can have a tagline
2: about, like, politics of yeah matter. that's that's like yeah that moment. can be the tagline i love how like every we every month we come up with last last month uh, i think it was you right who came up with uncomfortably flaunt yeah. <laughs> that one is still my favorite
0: good laugh over that <laughs> i genuinely couldn't remember it but i could remember that i was not happy watching it <laughs>
2: I mean, I feel like it's a better title for the drama. (laughs) Not gonna lie. Okay.
1: Anyway, moving on. (laughs) So, (laughs) what's after that? Okay.
0: So, the next one is Please Don't Meet Him. So, the dramatist personae um, are Song Ha Yoon and Jun? So, Song Ha Yoon is the uh, fight my way, um, the girl who's boyfriend wouldn't commit to like getting married and was kind of emotionally cheating on her until Mm -hmm. she uh, dumped him. And then he was like, no, no, I love you. And that that was her entire personality. Yeah, the
2: heroine's best friend.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that that one. Um, Please don't meet him. It's a 16 episode uh, drama that is airing uh, from November 10th to February 23rd. Okay, uh, it's an NBC drama, and it's going to be an hour long in duration, each episode. Okay, so uh, briefly, what is it about? So our heroine is a programmer of AI smart home appliances. And she wants to be, uh, you know, in a relationship, she wants to fall in love, but she wants to avoid wrong men. So she accidentally develops an AI program called Chosung Shin, that will identify trashy humans. And she starts to use it to save people who are in difficult relationships. Now, so our heroine here is Seo Ji Sung. And our hero, Jun, is uh, Jungkook Hee. And he's a firefighter who doesn't have any social media presence. So her smart AI is unable to get any data on him, I guess, because he's the only human that it can't analyze. And that's your premise and i kind of like it I, I i definitely like the you know the whole Ludite versus uh programmer <laughs> uh setup that I, I i think it can be fun
2: yeah there's two things that i like about this premise especially compared to like other ai dramas is that like a the woman is the programmer mm-hmm. which i kind of love so i i don't um, love that she accidentally <laughs> b- b-
1: yeah, mm-hmm. creates a true program. good point
2: oh. yeah <laughs> Um, and the other thing that I really like is, so that has a caveat, but the other thing that I really like is that the, like the AI is not someone that anybody falls trashy in love human with, detection.
1: Yeah. but it's like, <laughs> so a, like yeah. a trashy bro
2: identifier. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like, it's it's, it's such a great choice. I don't great. know if that would work in real life, because usually AIs <laughs> just become evil when they are exposed <laughs> to humanity. It's yeah. legit. Look it up. Like They turn into like Nazi rapists.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, no, um, I know. I've seen, seen the studies. Wow, do not expose AI to internet.
2: <laughs> but it's, yeah, no, that's all I wanted to say. It's like a, a new twist on the AI drama, which apparently is a thing that's here to stay, which I'm not really a fan of, but we have them, they're here, so this is better.
0: I I, I think, um, uh, sorry, it wasn't, it's not Luddite, it's Luddite. I'm trying to correct that, but I'm in brain. <laughs> okay. Um, have you slept, P? <laughs> I I have this is my third recording of the day. Oh, I'm really oh, frazzled. Right. Um I'm also like hopped up on coffee. You can't <laughs> tell. Um, so <laughs> this uh, this seems to be a, a, a concept that we are visiting a lot in recent years. Where you have you know the whole setup of a social media meet cute. And then you have this one person who's completely disconnected from the internet because their show's trust seems to be that, you know, love should be something that happens naturally without too much AI mixing into it, I suppose. I don't know, like this person who is so living the simple life without the interference of WhatsApp and I don't know, Zoom calls is purer than the rest of us. You can see that that is not uh, an idea I'm fond of, But it is something that keeps happening. Uh, So,
2: and they could take it somewhere interesting just because in this age of like online dating and Tinder and like the way that we meet people for romantic relationships is usually now it's changed over almost completely to like virtual. Mm -hmm. So, and that's one of the biggest problems with that, right? Is that like this person could be lying about every single thing on their profile and you have no way of knowing that. So, I do kind of. I can see the appeal of having a robot that figures out if somebody's actually a bad person. Mm. If they do kind of go somewhere interesting with that.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then the challenge of like a, a non online person, which you can no longer. And now you have no out.
0: information on this person. <laughs> yeah. And so
2: then you have to like go back to the old ways of, you know, Yeah. getting to know his aunties and stuff. <laughs>
0: Oh, I would love a drama that does that. She's like, I have no data points on him. Must get to know all his relatives first. His neighbors. (laughs) Then it turns into a cohabitation (laughs) drama.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Ah, Perfect.
2: Clearly the actual show is going to be nothing like this, (laughs) but you know.
1: Yet hearing Burma impersonate AI was enough for this whole episode. (laughs) I'm sorry. Someone send help. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're
2: really silly today <laughs> maybe this is just going to be a what's up in drama land staple <laughs> silliness
1: yeah.
2: so the next drama is airing is premiering on November 17th it's called Live On and this is another one that's going to be shorter so it's actually eight episodes it's premiering on JTBC and it stars Jung Da-bin and Huang Min-hyun of newest fame and he was also in Wanna One, if you follow that whole Produce X thing. So the drama is about, um, it's a romance who follows the lives of Baek Ho-rang, which, who is played by Jang Da-bin, and Goen um, who is played by the dude whose name I just said. Sorry, can't <laughs> remember his name. Um, and it's a high school drama. So um, the girl, Jung Da-bin, is like at the top of the food chain. She's very popular. She has high social status. Um, And he is a perfectionist who is the head of the Broadcasting Club, and she joins the Broadcasting Club to get his help in uncovering the identity of a mysterious figure who's trying to bring light parts of her past she wants to keep hidden. And she's like a social media star, and she has, you know, a lot of friends, but all of them are like fake friends. She only really has one true friend, and he is sensitive, detail-oriented, kind of irritable, plans everything out perfectly. Hein is like responsible and loved by his fellow students, and there's also Doje, who's played by No Jang Hyun, um, who I'm not familiar with, and he is like super good friends with the main character Gwon Tech, because they're they're they share an appreciation for putting logic and rationality above all things. So, yeah, that's kind of and there's some other secondary characters, but that's the basic plot.
1: It's so is Bekhorang like White Tiger? Is Maybe. that what her name is meant to be? Cause that's really funny if it is.
2: Yeah, I mean tiger is horangi.
1: But is it a play on that? Like if she's at the Maybe. top of the food chain, I mean tigers are at the top of the food chain. That's true. Oh.
2: Could be. You know they love the name the name puns. Yeah. They
1: do love name puns. Yeah. <laughs> we love name puns, if we understand. And I
2: apologise, it's actually live on, not live on that's the pronunciation because the korean is raib on so i think this type of story is suited for eight episodes actually i think it's a good tight like
0: yeah especially before um and because the uh, director's uh, you know previous work in maya jushi and uh, extraordinary you directing may, may be tight but if I remember the last high school thing uh, that they were involved in was Extraordinary You, and that it could have done with fewer episodes, it just would have been a tighter story all around. So yeah, I agree. It, the kind of story this is trying to tell, I think, might work with a shorter format.
1: And eight episodes of Extraordinary You were pretty
2: extraordinary. Yeah, they were. The oh my god. Yeah, yeah. they were. I, they I were mean, incredible. It would
0: have been perfect. It should have just like shocked yeah. itself off. The... Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the other thing is that this is um this is in conjunction with Naver TV Cast as well. So perhaps that also accounts for the slightly shorter mm. run too.
2: Yeah. Naver TV cast generally does like really short web dramas. So
1: So it's basically like a long film. It's almost, like a crossover
2: you know. Know. Yeah. between yeah. the two formats. Yeah. Alright, Borma. All
1: right. Go for it.
2: Here's Next. the the show that you've been waiting for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes okay so uh this is based on a webtoon um uh, the drama is called true beauty and that was also the name of the webtoon um yong gangrim and it's so it the release date is 25th november and uh okay uh i really loved the webtoon and i'm kind of really excited about this, not the, you know, and one of the major reasons is the main leads, okay? So you have Cha Yoon Woo, um, and the thing with this boy is, he was actually whom I was imagining in my head as like a dream cast when I was reading the uh, (laughs) memoir. Because I had just watched um, uh, Gangnam Beauty. And he played a somewhat similar character there, this college-aged boy. And um, so, yeah, he, his was the face. So when they announced that he was being cast as as this this particular character, I was like, ha, ha, how? What? Okay, clearly, I am either am an Oracle or other people also watched *Gangnam <laughs> Beauty* and were like, yes, similar character, must cast. <laughs>
2: Okay, I haven't seen. My idea is Gangnam Beauty, but he was really good in Rookie Historian. Oh, he
0: was a adorable doll, but that was actually a, like that you know <laughs> that that was a slightly different character, and also you know adorable doll. Um, yeah, so he is pretty. All right. so the person playing the uh, female lead is uh, Moon young and uh, I. I don't actually I think 20 again was the only thing that I've ever seen her in and uh, didn't you watch the great
1: seducer the, I
0: didn't no
1: um oh, okay and I she was bulgung in jealousy incarnate mm. I think that's how we always oh um, that's how we, I know uh, her, identify her. Yeah.
2: that's her most yeah. memorable <laughs> role to me
1: I also didn't watch
0: Waikiki too, so mm. oh, Live Up to Your Name. Oh yes, I did see her there. Right,
2: she okay. was the she was like the uh, the female apprentice. Apprentice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of uh, the main character.
0: Yeah, uh, I think she's actually a really good cast. Even though the issue, is, and of course this is an issue with the drama. So I'll just give you the premise first, and then get into the thing that I'm a bit uh, hesitant about. So, Im Kyung, our uh, female protagonist, is a high school student. Since she was little, she had a complex about her appearance. So, to hide her bare face, Im Ju Kyung always wears makeup. Her excellent makeup skills make her pretty, and she hides her bare face in front of others. She gets involved with two men, Isu Hyo and Isu Ho, and Han Soo Jun. Isu Ho is uh, Cha Yoon and Han Seo Jun is Huang uh, In Yub. So much like Gangnam Beauty, this uh, story is a lot about the right to look pretty because beauty is judged as almost a virtue in people. And one of the first opening scenes in the webtoon is about how this beautiful woman, just she's walking past and people are just they're looking at her admiringly, but they're also kind of making speculations about what kind of person she is and they're denoting value, not just status, but also the kind, she seems like a very nice girl. She's a good girl. Because automatically when you see someone very pretty and they're also friendly, you assume that they are you know, the nicest person in the room. That is just how our brains work though. So the right to be pretty, even though what you're naturally gifted with may be just normal and not outrageously gorgeous is something that both Gangnam Beauty um, uh, explores and uh, so does this particular manhwa to a degree that I was almost uncomfortable because it's a it really gets into it and the issue here is that the protagonist is supposed to be someone who's plain faced like she's this girl who she's like an ordinary teenager that's where the story starts when uh Im Kyung is a high schooler young like 14 15 year old high school student and all her classmates have already started putting on makeup they are better groomed than her and that they do their eyebrows and stuff and everybody just assumes that she is ugly in that you know that she's not as as uh, made up as them so Her natural state of being, she looks a bit tomboyish. That's just how she is. She's an awkward duckling who looks like a teenager because that is what she is. And then she realizes through like these um, websites and these forums and stuff that putting on a bit of makeup and like doing your eyebrows, doing like, you know, like cleaning up. I don't know what you call those, those fuzzers on your face and all of those things you know making your face brighter and like uh, making up your eye you can put up nude makeup so that it doesn't look like you're made up but you know you can do tons of stuff with makeup she slowly starts realizing this and starts learning and then she becomes a bit of a phenomena in that she can can completely transform her face and she she i think this is she discovers it around middle school and then she goes to high school and completely pretends to be like a new student she hides her old face from everybody and she is daily afraid that somebody will find out that she was not always you know this beautiful and then she goes home. She takes everything off, gets into like these, you know, baggy clothes. Goes to the comic store and reads comics because that's what she is. She's a teenager who loves comics. But she is really scared that somebody from her school would realize that that, like, barefaced faced comic reading teenager is the same one as the gorgeous goddess who goes to school looking amazing every day. So that is the personality you start with. I don't know if because this actress is gorgeous, right? How can you cast? anybody um i don't know who you can do that transformation with i i, I have no idea how you would do that on film so that with makeup <laughs> she is she I, with makeup skills with makeup skills you can only like i don't know i because yeah in that point of this character was that it, it's kind of like a weight lifting fairy uh, conundrum right i mean whom could you have cast who would I suppose it comes down to the performance at the end of the day, because you can't really do what the webtoon did. No.
2: Yeah. And they're not going to give a female lead character, they're not going to give a female lead role to someone who doesn't have the sort of conventional heroine beauty standard yeah. looks. You know, like, that's just not going to happen. So it's one of those things where you just have to suspend disbelief and kind of go with it. But yeah, it de- you can definitely do a lot more with that in an animated format. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also
0: like, ah, one of the major reasons I love this webtoon so much was because of that whole transformation. And the main lead, he he figures it out, like in a very short period of time that they are the same girls. (laughs) And he does not care. And the thing that interests him is her taste in comic books. So where she is she is so focused on the fact that he's found out her secret identity he just wants to be her friend and she can't figure that out <laughs> i really like that um webtoon so let's let's see how they adapt it
2: i just want to point out two things before we move on that a In-yup, yup who is like baby Joon-ki <laughs> in 18 again right now who is doing great he plays oh, Ja-sung see. in 18 again i'm very excited for him to to see him in this um, because I just discovered him and this is also by one of the writers of Top Star Ubeck, which was great and yeah. it was really f- it was like funny and heartfelt at the same time which I have a feeling this also might have similar similar elements of being funny and heartfelt no yeah it seems like it would I don't know you're the one who, who read the <laughs> web i <I'm> exactly. asking <laughs> you're just like looking at me like oh, I don't know
1: <laughs> no <laughs> She's still not saying. Borma,
2: <laughs> can you not hear us?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to Saya.
2: No, we were talking to you. <laughs> You're just, like, ignoring us. Oh, no, no, no.
0: I'm sorry. I was just looking up. Oh, no, no. I'm so sorry. Yes, absolutely. It...
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. We need to do the last show and then send you to bed. No, <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Yeah. But also, I have to work after this. Oh. Uh, what was I saying? Yes, absolutely. It it it, it does have. It, it, it will be heartfelt. That's that's what the story is, and the casting is pretty spot on, both with how these characters look, because I can see these boys uh, playing out these uh, characters, and also I'm just very interested in how um, what's Moon Kayong is Moon going to yeah depict this character because this character is very frustrating. Her insecurities, and whenever you have an insecure heroine, she's very hard to root for. And this this heroine is super, super insecure. So to, like, in, on a, in a webtoon, you have a lot of time to develop her character, and readers tend to be very patient. With a drama, you have to give me something that I'm going to like about her. So I hope that, hap- like, they, they, can, they can manage that. Because I really don't want this drama to, you know kind of not do well because we couldn't root for the main character who inherently is unlikable because she's so focused on the superficial
1: aspect of life. Mm. I do hope that Mungoang is the right person to carry this off because she has, she's played unlikable characters Mm. quite a bit. Like even her Jealousy Incarnate character, uh, that's a Don't Dare to Dream netflix uh even that character that was like one of her early roles that character's pretty unlikable but then like in the great seducer sh- she's also pretty unlikable but also there's something about her that you like i think it's probably down to how she's directed hmm. i hope it goes well.
0: oh i actually have watched her in great seducer i forgot that i watched that
1: drama <laughs> <What> <laughs> I-, <laughs> I told What's you mean? you watched it <laughs> Oh, I remember the one her. with Uthman. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, I know, I know, I the, know. Other,
0: What's her name? Uh, velvet, red velvet. Uh, what's her name? Joy. joy. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> I watched it for Joy, and wow. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and then we dropped it for everyone yeah. being really boring and pointless. It wasn't a good it wasn't a character. Yeah, but I
0: did watch Highlight But she had a pretty good character. Yeah, yeah, in that. yeah. I, I watched highlight Reels of just her. There were tons of fan made reels of just her character because <laughs> I think she had a Because
1: her character was really great, yeah. actually, especially compared to Joy's character. And her and the chemistry is really good, but we are not talking about that today and let us move on to our last <laughs> yes. drama of the night. Which that is- one's yours,
2: Saya, because it's about demon hunters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see. That's how it works. approve. (laughs) So this one is called The Uncanny Counter, it comes out on November the 28th. Uh, This is adapted from a webtoon as well, and this is a Saturday Sunday drama from OCN. It's actually, the the premise is really interesting, so you've got a group of demon hunters and they're called counters, and they come to Earth under the guise of being employees at a noodle restaurant Mm -hmm. in order to capture evil spirits who have returned to Earth in pursuit of eternal life. That sounds different actually and like the posters look pretty cool and so you've got playing this core team of counters the main character is called So Moon who is played by Jo Byung-kyu and he is the youngest of the counters and as a child he has a mysterious car accident and we don't know what happens like that does something to make him a, a central person in the counters group and then you have kim sejong as in sejong from school 2017 i think we saw her in who plays a character called dohana and she has the ability to sense the locations of evil spirits even if they're hundreds of kilometers away and she can read people's memories through touch and she and someone work together a lot to get rid of these evil spirits and then you have rounding off their group some like more Elder, elders I don't want to call them elderly because they're not but like elders who round off their group so the older characters are played with
2: uh, by Yujun song, Yom Yeom An Sukhwan Cho Yun Young who I'm only really familiar An-suk-hwan. with <laughs> Yoo joon out of those oh yeah An Sukhwan oh right he's like the dad in every he's like sometimes yeah, an evil dad, dad. <laughs> a lot of times just a dad yeah exactly <laughs> creepy dad bad dad yeah that's the rest of the cast.
0: I'm just realizing how many dramas byung Q has been in,
2: in in the last few years. <laughs>
1: and you still don't know wow. who he is, right? Same. I no, mean, no, I recognize I know, his I know face, but I
2: don't remember what he's been in. No, he's
1: been in He's psychometric.
2: Sky he was Cursor. the younger
0: version of... Um, uh, of
2: Ah, he's Taki Jun from uh, Sky Ray Castle. Castle. Yeah. That's what I love him
1: from. <laughs>
2: yes, he was so good in that. I haven't seen any of the other stuff that he's been in.
1: So back to the drama at hand. Um, so each member of the team has a special um, power. One of them has incredible strength. One of them has healing abilities. And, and then Ahn is playing the, um, the, he's the oldest counten. He's uh, the treasurer of the group he's in charge of their expenses and he's like a legend among the counters um this is a very well thought out premise i actually um am into this i haven't i had not heard about it literally until just like an hour ago i think i kind of want to check it out it's it reminds me a little bit of uh like continuum type of sci-fi drama i mean it's not time travel but it's solid sci-fi it's comic books I mean, th- this is this is comic book material.
2: Oh, Webtoon, this is, this is right. superheroes yeah. and
0: Eternals.
2: <laughs> it also reminds me of um Chewan Young's character from uh, Mystic Pop Up Bar, where like right now he's working with Huang Jung um in this pocha, but like his real, his old real job was the to you know basically hunt demons who if they stay on Earth too long they'll turn evil and live you know forever and become powerful. Part
0: of the investigative team. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so like it kind of reminds me of that, and like we didn't get to
1: see him do that very much.
2: It was very cool with his like leather coat and his like burning sword, and he's like turning people into souls. Yeah, that was that was pretty great.
1: I thought you were gonna say he reminds you of Cha Young in Alice, which he's in right oh, now. Oh, I haven't seen Alice. He's playing a much more ambiguous kind of character.
2: Yes. Kind of wish Cha Young was in this now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not <actually>. gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good in mystic papa park yeah he
1: does that I, I think yeah. you you guys talked about this in in the last um what's up in Drama Land episode about how he really walks that line of being sort of good and dodgy at, at once and mm-hmm. you're never quite sure which mm-hmm. he is and he does that for practically mm-hmm. everything like do you remember when he was uh, in 20 again and he was the uh, the awful professor husband but you also sort of got him <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I really (laughs) liked, hated him. Right? Yeah. He's like a cat. He always does things that you can love to hate
2: or hate Mm. to love.
1: I don't know.
2: Like, even when he's like a murderous psychopath, you're like,
1: Oh, yeah. I can't stop watching you. I remember when he did that, too. I remember when.
2: And I remember you. He's like, he's like, so like, you trust him. And then you're like, oh, no, it's you, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is that a spoiler?
1: Yeah, that's why I was being (laughs) subtle with the I remember when. (laughs) <laughs> ah, okay. Well, then maybe you take that out.
2: <laughs> don't want to spoil people.
0: I, I don't I don't know if it's if is it a spoiler when you figured out that he must be the. I yeah.
1: mean yes, if you haven't the watched the drama, that's a big spoiler. One. It's that, that doesn't come out in episode one, does it? It doesn't come out. It's super obvious, though. Oh right, okay. <laughs> it is obvious. It is
2: pretty. O- it's pretty <laughs> obvious. Yeah, it's pretty wife. obvious. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it up for upcoming dramas this I think that month. Wraps
1: up for the whole episode as well. So
2: oh, it sure does. It does.
1: Thanks for joining us this month, everyone. And you know that you can stalk us on social media, but don't actually stalk us. Just say hello. Um, you can find me at not now on Twitter, and you can find
2: me at Anisa Khalifa underscore.
1: You can find me Parma at FestaFaster. And you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Dramas Overflow.
2: And you can find our podcast on Instagram at Dramas Overflowers underscore.
0: And you can read our reviews and recaps, which we're doing pretty regularly, guys. We are uh, recapping 18 again now. Reviewing, reviewing. That's been fun. Reviewing, I'm sorry, reviewing 18 again. And Anissa just dropped this really great overview of
2: uh, Dodo so so la so. so, lada so. Lada so. <laughs> I feel like I have to sing it now.
0: Do, do, so so la so. so.
2: <laughs> now that we know
0: what it is, yeah. And we had uh, Just Me write this amazing review on More Than Friends. So if you guys were wondering if you should pick it up, definitely go to dramasoverflowers.net and read the posts. And also, you know, we are on Facebook, you can look us up there.
2: Okay. Thanks for That's watching. Bye. Bye everyone Bye. Bye. Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.